before I forget it, tonight at 6.30 this evening, there's a hymn sing at Palmyra Church of the... No, I'm kidding. I'm jerking Davy's chain. At West Green Tree, a hymn sing at 6.30 tonight. If you can make it over there, it's usually a good time. We had a good time with our hymn sings here. And besides that, there's food afterwards. So, yeah. So, be there or be square, like they used to say. So, that's, that's good. Today is the official day that we return our baby bottles. Uh, if, you haven't, if you haven't done so like I haven't done so, I'm sure we can get them in next Sunday. But for those of you who were astute enough to remember that today is the day to bring it back, we have our manger up front here. And right after the offering, right after we do the, uh, uh, the offering, we will ask you to come up and place your bottles in the manger. And then uh, next Sunday, we will not probably do it this way, but you can bring them back next Sunday, if you will, please. So I think that is all the, uh, the announcement we wanted to say. Nancy has something. Okay. Did you hear what she said? There's, there's empty bottles in the back of the sanctuary. If you didn't get one uh, the last week or two, pick one up. Or if you need... Uh, <laughs> it didn't sound like God, though. <laughs> Not the way I envisioned. But if you, need a, if you need a baby bottle, or if you filled the first one up and you want to fill another one up, there's baby bottles back there, so you can uh, take one along. But please bring it back next week, because we want to get those over to a line. It used to be Susquehanna Valley Pregnancy service, but now they've changed their name to a line uh, so that uh, it, it, uh, they were expanding their, their influence in the community, so they want to change their name so that people don't just think they're just doing uh, pregnancy services. Okay. A good, good organization. They've been here a couple times and spoke a couple times. So, and maybe we'll have them back again. All right. And she's always the person we go to when we are looking for updates. Eleanor, do you, you're sort of Christine Jr. Okay. All right. Let me get back there. I called Helen this morning and said, are you ready to go? She said, I don't think so. Uh-oh. And when I was talking to her, you could tell that she, her breathing is labored. Oh, no, again. And she said she was with the doctor, and they said they can't continue to draw fluid out every four or five weeks through her back. So they're trying to figure something else out. And she said her grandson was there yesterday. I guess it was Kyle, and he said... Grandma, your breathing is terrible. She said, well, I thought it wasn't too bad. <laughs> oh, my. Yes, that's, that's a problem. Anyone else would like to share? Mel, let me get over there. Yeah, for uh, my daughter-in-law, Amy, it's a... Same old, same old, uh, more tests going on, and, and uh, that's where we're at. And special prayer for a friend of mine, Barry. Uh, he had surgery for healing touch and, and complete you know, restoration. So. Okay, Barry. Barry. Okay. Thank All you. Right. Yeah. Karen? Uh, I have a few things. Uh, update on my grandson. He got to go home on Tuesday evening. Um, 
He's not letting anything keep him down. He'll be one next month, but he decided it's time to walk. So I got a text uh, the other day with a video of him taking some strolling across the living room. Uh, she had him back to the doctor on Thursday, and he is still wheezing. They're going to send him to an ENT to try to figure out the sleep apnea aspect. So just keep praying for him. And um, I don't know if any of you guys know, Elaine, you might remember Jim Chuddy. Um, him and his son were in an accident on, uh, I believe it was Tuesday, and he was killed instantly. So just keep the family in your prayers. Um, his son was, uh, had surgery for a ruptured spleen and I think something with his ribs, but um, physically he's good, mentally not so good. Yeah. So just keep them in your prayers. And um, getting old, I have decided, is not for the week because <laughs> I have um, tennis elbow. don't know how you get that, but I went to the doctor. Well, I was at my regular doctor twice, and then he sent me to an orthopedic doctor. So... I brace on my arm, put me on steroids and um, anti-inflammatories, and I go back in four weeks. If it's not better, they have to do surgery. So just pray for it to be better. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We don't, don't need surgery if we can avoid it. Oh, okay. That's all right. Stanley's brother Donald was taken to Holy Spirit Hospital on Thursday, and yesterday they moved him. They live at Messiah Village, oh, okay. and they moved him into rehab. But <clears throat> he has dementia somewhat, and they're not exactly sure how they're treating this yet. But she said she just cannot handle him at home, so she's not sure what's happening yet. Okay, yeah, that's a difficult decision. I'll be right with you. Karen? Um, tomorrow is the 75th anniversary of the liberation of um, Auschwitz. And so there's a lot of remembrance there. And we think of the 6 million Jews in Roma and others that were killed in that. But this past Friday was the March for Life and to turn back the Roe v. Wade that happened in 1973. And I just checked, 61 million babies have been killed since that. So way more than was killed in the Holocaust. So we continue to pray for that. And um, continue to pray for Nigeria one of a, a major minister um, was killed. Yeah, and, he, and, and a leader in the country, and then recently a student was just killed at the same time, or shortly thereafter. And so the violence is ongoing there. Um, and it seems like nobody seems to care, just like in the Holocaust. Yeah. So pray for those. Yeah, we're, it sounds like we're not going to Nigeria after all, at least not in April, so. Okay. Nancy? We have Barb Adams on our prayer list. <clears throat> She's still on antibiotics because of the infection. I don't think the surgery is definitely scheduled for next week. And then we have a nephew named John Brenneman. He's an ordained minister at the Harrisburg First Church of the Brethren, I believe. Yes, Jonathan. He was a pastor at Mount Wilson for a period of time. Um, but he had a spot removed from his back, and the biopsy came back melanoma. So he is scheduled for surgery February the 6th. They're going to remove more tissue uh, to see if, more how much cancer and what extent yeah. that he has. So they're asking for prayer for peace and for healing. Oh, he's son-in-law to Irv Houston. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? Well, we heard a lot of concerns. Uh, I was talking to Walter this morning. His friend Peter 
is back in the hospital again with a urinary infection. And uh, uh, that's ongoing. He's in Lancaster hospitals. So uh, pray for Peter. He was home for a few days and then had to be returned. So keep praying for him. And uh, uh, Karen shared with us this morning something that I overlooked that uh, there had been an executive order signed uh, concerning prayer in schools and at uh, events, sporting events and so forth, that allows students and their coaches and, I guess, teachers, if that's the case, to pray. Uh, you know, there's constantly been ongoing that uh, sports teams wanted to pray before a game, and the administration says, no, you can't do that. Well, now the executive order that came out of the White House says, yes, you can. So that's, that's a step in the right direction, in my opinion. So uh, that's a praise. Well, okay. Let's come before the Lord with prayer. Heavenly Father, we acknowledge that you are sovereign. We acknowledge that you are the great physician. And we acknowledge that all great blessings come from you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for that. And as many of our congregation has mentioned, there's individuals that definitely need our prayers. In fact, whole nations that need our prayers. Lord, so much turmoil going on. So many individuals that are ill and or have lost loved ones due to accidents or, or disease. How do we ever face this? How can we ever face this without you, Lord? Like the, like the psalm that says, no one ever cared for me like Jesus. And in this case, that's true. Thank you, Lord, for the ability to come together here this morning as always, in your house, to share with others concerns and joys and turn them over to you. Because without you, we're helpless. We can't, we can't fight against these problems that we have by ourselves. Lord, help us. And Lord, I pray also for revival in this country. People keep in amazing numbers turning their backs on you. I pray that that will reverse. That you will put it in their hearts to know you and know that Jesus is the Savior of the world. Thank you for those facts, Lord, and thank you for those blessings. Thank you, Lord, for this congregation. Thank you for our pastors. Thank you for their leadership, and thank you for the loving members in this congregation. Help us to stay together. Help us to acknowledge you. Help us to stay on the right path. We pray these things in your son's holy name, our Savior, Jesus Christ, the one we can always count on, the one who will never forget us and never forsake us. Pray in his holy name. Amen. May be seated. Walter, is there are there verses to that song? Do you remember whether or not there's verses? Not that you know of. Seems to me like I've maybe I it was in some strange church that happened to have verses to it. Who <laughs> I have been. A lot of different places, folks. I've been to hoop and holler churches. I've been at holy roller churches where they actually rolled. I have been to churches that if you did any of that stuff, yeah, they would they would put you outside the front door. I <laughs> you know what? However you look at things, my advice is that you be fully persuaded 
and that you give your heart fully to the Lord. And I don't think I would be, uh, I would not make a very good conservative Mennonite or I would not make a good uh, horse and buggy Amishman. I would not, uh, don't try to make me a Catholic. Don't try. There's a lot of things I could tell you that, you know, I would, if I was that, I would be trouble. Yeah, you know, I would be. And not only me, my wife would be trouble. The, 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 the old German Baptist Brethren, which is off the German Brethren tree, Church of the Brethren is the, the biggest group, old German Baptist Brethren, Karen taught in one of their schools for three years. And they kept thinking that she was going to join them. And she told them, no, you don't want me to, I would be trouble, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I believe that. She would have been trouble. So she didn't join. Well, how you doing? Last, last week, we sort of putted down the road because it was so icy, at, uh, three quarters of a mile to Coventry, all right? First time we've been in Coventry for a while. Um, we got a long list of places we got to visit. Uh, Staten Island, the Arabic church there, uh, Light of the Gospel. But we, we're due back there, and, and I told them probably February, so we got to figure that out. Um, also, Germantown. I told them if we come to Germantown to worship with them, it's, this is a, a pretty much a black congregation uh, um, on the north north side of, uh, of Philadelphia. Um, I said, I'm not preaching this time because I, I get there and they go, he, he has me come up and preach. <laughs> I go, no, I'm, we're just going to come worship and we're going to just come and enjoy being with you folks, you know. So Karen and I, we, we thrill do, doing that kind of thing. Um, someday we want to get in back to Harrisburg and because uh, we know those folks too, and Don Mitchell, and uh, in fact, Don is talking about going the light of the gospel too. So we're try maybe trying to work something out with them. Well, hallelujah. Let's uh, let's open. I'm, I'm seeking discernment, Lord. Let's start with James. There's a good, did you know there's a good verse in James? Did you know there's a lot of good verses in the Bible? If you didn't know that, you're clueless. <laughs> James chapter one, last verse of James chapter one. Yeah, they, I'll tell you what, there's so much good in here, it's hard to leave the rest of this stuff alone. But I'm going to, I'm only going to do one verse, James chapter 1, verse 27. And take this to heart and think about your own heart, your own life and what you do. James chapter 1, verse 27, pure and undefiled religion before God. By the way, there's all kinds of religion. But there's one where you have a relationship with God. And it's through the Lord Jesus Christ, all right? Through, before God and the Father is this. So if you really want to know what the real genuine article is regarding religion, you want to be religious, here it is, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. We've got this world that swirls around us, this godly, this godless, this godless world thing. John, John says, First John, he says, yeah, don't love the world or things that are in the world because if you love that, the love of the Father is not in you, my, my. 
But here's a genuine article. To care about the orphan and the widow, especially if they're in trouble. And to keep yourself, you keep yourself unspotted from the... By the way, none of that can you do without the Lord. You can't really do it unless the Lord is in your life. You can, you can work at it. You can pretend it. You can sort of, oh, yeah, well, I did that and I did. But to really do it in your heart, really do it in the love of God? Hmm. Well, then I want to do a little bit of a real quick reminder of Matthew chapter 18. The end of that chapter. And I'm not going to read it, but I'm. if you didn't hear me preach about this back when, what, a, more, probably more than a year ago. Um, I'm just reminding you this morning what this is about. Uh, Matthew chapter 18. Um, and uh, how it is that, um, well, the question that comes to Jesus was from Peter. Uh, verse 21, Peter comes to Jesus and he says, how, how often shall my brother sin against me and I, I forgive him? Up to seven times? By the way, that's quite a bit. Have you had somebody do something <laughs> seven times and you had to forgive them seven times? <laughs> yeah, that seems like a lot. You know what? Jesus says, I say unto you, uh, up to seven times. No, 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 no. Not up to seven times. But up to 70 times seven. And then he tells a parable about this king. And he wanted to settle accounts with his servants. And there's this servant that owes so much, there's no way Jose that is going to be able to pay off his debt. And the servant, verse 26, falls down before the king and says, please, have patience, and I'll, I'll do what I can to pay everything. You know, I, I, you know, I'm good for it. And then the master, the king, was he was so moved. He was moved with compassion. By the way, are you moved with compassion? He released him and forgave him the debt. Gazillion dollar debt that he could not pay off and, and he got forgiven the whole thing. Well, that would be a nice ending to the story. Lord, just let's just quit right there. No, 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 there's more to the story. And here's the rub. That servant, he goes out and he finds somebody that owes him something like $32.75. <laughs> it was something, something like that. <laughs> There's one of, one of my Bibles has in the margin $44. It's not this one. I don't know. You know, a uh, hundred denarii, it says in, in verse 28 in my Bible here, took him by the throat, pay me what you owe. And uh, he, the guy didn't have it to pay, uh, to pay him. So he throws him into prison until <laughs> he should pay the debt. By the way, how are you going to pay the debt if you're in prison? And so th those, the people that were on the inside of the, 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 what's going on, the fellow servants, when they saw this, they said to the king and master, Mm-hmm, this is what happened. And here's what the king says. Then his master said, after you had, after he had called him, he says, you wicked servant. Now, what did he do? He forgave him everything. Now he's calling him a wicked servant. I forgave you all the debt because you begged me. Should you not have also had compassion on your fellow servant just as I had pity on you. So what is it? It's the king gave mercy to him and then he turns around and refuses 
He refuses to give the mercy to the next God. The mercy he received, he refuses to give that mercy. Was it right for the king to be mad? I think so. And the master was angry, verse 34, delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due him. So, so he took away even the mercy he had given him. He took that mercy away. My, my. Man. The, yikes. What a story. And so my heavenly father will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother their trespasses. And so have you received the mercies of God? Wow. I think about the mercies God has given me. And then I turn around and I, I'm, here, here's my picture. I go, oh boy, am I on the edge. So I'm driving and somebody does something real stupid in traffic and I go, you dirty dog. Do I say that? Do you dirty dog? Yeah, she says, yeah, you say that. Dear friends, you know, before you, I got to repent. Where does that put me? If I get all this mercy from God and I refuse to give that mercy up. Yikes. Why? Because the Lord Jesus here is representing his Father in heaven. And he's saying... His Father in heaven is like this. So my heavenly Father will also do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his brother his trespass. Now let's go back to Isaiah, would you, with me? And here's the passage, and I have alluded, I think. I, you know, my memory is not as good as it used to be. Anybody besides me? I think I may have mentioned this passage before. And I, you know what? Heavenly days, have I preached on this already? You know, sometimes I have to go back and, you know, now I remember preaching it at Quakertown and I remember preaching it at Pottstown, but I, did I do it here yet? <laughs> Here's this passage in Isaiah. And the word has said in the Hebrew does not appear in this passage. That is the word mercy, the Hebrew word mercy. And uh, that's a key word in the Old Testament. Really, really, really key. God's helped me see that. And Jesus, in the New Testament, Jesus is the main one regarding the mercy of God. Jesus is the expression of the heart of God regarding mercy, and love is what mercy does. And there he is given you and me mercy from the cross. And if you're saved, you receive that mercy and oh God, thank you. Jesus is a lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Yeah, maybe for the whole world, but it's pretty important that he, he takes away my sin. Oh, thank you, Lord. Well, so this is an expression. So the Time and again, if you look at the Old Testament and you take the Hesed idea into view, and all there's, you know, you, you know, did you ever read some of these prophets in the Old Testament and go, man, what was that about? You know, and it's sort of opaque. But if you ask, well, now what does this have to do with mercy? And what does this have to do with judgment? And how does God move from mercy to judgment and from judgment to mercy? And if you ask that question, some of the, maybe not all, some of the opaqueness of these prophets uh, clears up. I was amazed that back in the 1990s when I was sort of really sort of working through this through the whole Old Testament. Uh, wow. You know, and I saw stuff I didn't see before. By the way, I think you can pick a lot of, you know, the topic of righteousness. or the, There's a lot of topics you could do that with, and if you really study it, go, 
oh, I never saw that before, you know. Well, here, let's look at this passage. And here's uh, the people of Israel. Yeah, they've drifted away from the Lord. And, but, you know, they're pretty religious. <laughs> How pure is their religion? Well, not so much, not so good. All right. Isaiah 58 says, cry aloud, spare not, lift up your voice like a trumpet. Tell my people their transgression and the house of Jacob their sins. Hmm. Quick review on what's sin. Sin is when you violate what is the word of God. Sin is when self is pushed forward as dominant. Myself. I am living for self, and there's all kinds of ways of doing this. All sin is selfish, and all selfishness is sin. It's a key component of the whole sin idea. And they're living for themselves, and they're living for their own ends. And what is righteousness? Righteousness is what is the rest of this chapter describes, and it's getting to the place where God is going, is nodding his head and smiling at you. Do you have the approval of God? Well, if you're living for yourself, somebody needs to yell at you where you're missing it. That's the, ver that's the first verse. Verse 2 says, yet they seek me daily. Yeah, well, they got, they got a prayer life. They delight to know my ways. Yeah, they're reading the Bible all the time. As a nation that did righteousness and did not forsake the ordinance of their God, it's, on the surface, it looks like they're headed the right direction. But what's real religion? What's pure religion? What's undefiled religion? Hmm. Caring in your heart, having a merciful heart toward orphans and widows and keeping yourself unspotted from the world. And maybe they weren't doing so good on that. They asked me of the ordinances of justice and they take delight in approaching God. They, they love to go to church. <laughs> All right. By the way, just because you go to church doesn't mean you're you're right with God no more than being in the garage makes you a car. Or you can go make a long, I saw a long list of things like that already. No, no. We're glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. But it's not going to church that gets you to heaven. It's the one you meet with. And it's the one you adore and worship and pray. That's the one that gets you into heaven. Verse 3 says, and they're asking questions. So they're doing all this religious stuff. Why have we fasted, they say, and you have not seen? Why have we afflicted our soul and you take no notice? You know, it doesn't seem like God's paying any attention to my prayers. <laughs> Anybody besides me ever feel that? <laughs> yeah, if you're honest about it. Uh, and what's going on. So why doesn't God instantly give you a good feeling that he's answered? Well, sometimes you need to look at what else is going on in your life. And they need to ask some questions of their own heart. In fact the middle of verse 3, in fact, in the day of your fast, so they're fasting and praying, normal thing for, for folks of this day, you know, fast and pray. The day of your fast, you find pleasure. In other words, you just do it to make yourself feel good. You're fasting, you know, you think, well, you know, I'm fasting, so poor, poor body, I'm hungry. No, 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 you... Oh, you know, I'm fasting, and uh, I'm such a good person. I, I really am. I'm such a good person because I do fasting. 
I really, I, I know I'm, I'm better than the three neighbors on this side of me, and I'm better than the four neighbors on this side of me, and I am definitely better than that guy that lives across the road from me. Well, they were doing it for their own feel-goodness. And he said, and exploit all your laborers, the guys that are working for you, you exploit them. You force them to do things that you wouldn't do. And then you don't pay them, you don't pay them a decent wage. And you are just as obnoxious as you can be as a person over these laborers. Indeed, you fast for strife and debate. You know, it's so, I'm so good. You know what? You're such a terrible person because you ought to be like me. <laughs> my, my, my. And to strike with the fist of wickedness. Now, what is wickedness? Wickedness is when you push your own feelings up front, sort of ignore really what the Lord is wanting you to do, that mercy-giving thing there in Matthew 18. Eh, well, let's not worry about that. I got to take care of this laborer, and I'm going to put him in his place. The fist of wickedness. You will not fast as you do this day to make your voice heard on high. If you think that kind of fasting. So fasting is when you quit feeding your body. And the idea is that in that the desire for food and that you deny is that that will cause you to turn to God. And if you're going to, if you want to really find, you got to dig this. I'm not going to even give it to you. you, can, you this is another sermon about fasting. And what is fasting about? Fasting is bringing yourself down to a lowly place, including your body. You can partly see that over there in Jonah, at the end of Jonah, and, and what the king did. And, uh, and he even got the animals doing it. <laughs> That's cool. That is so cool. And he says, the fasting you're doing, you're fasting for the wrong reason and the wrong way. It's not, a, not to humble your heart. By the way, a truly, truly, truly humble heart will do what when they recognize their own sin? They will turn from their sin and plead to the Lord, oh God, forgive me of my sin. But this fasting that they were doing, they weren't doing that. They was trying to make themselves feel good. Oh, I, you know, I am... I'm way more righteous than anybody else. Scribes and Pharisees thing in Jesus' day. Well, let's go on. Is it a fast I have chosen, a day for a man to afflict his soul? Is it to bow down his head like a bulrush, to spread out sackcloth and ashes? Would you call this a fast? Is that real religion? Now, James tells us, no, 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 it's not that. This is an, an acceptable day to the Lord. The implied answer is no. You're going to really humble your heart and really repent and then let your fasting be expression of saying, God, I was wrong. You tell God that. God, I had this idea and I thought, well, I was so right, but Lord, I was so wrong. That's, that's key in repentance. Right. Is not this the fast that I have chosen? Now, what he describes here has nothing to do, well, I shouldn't say nothing. It has very little to do with abstaining from food. It's a fasting of the depth of the heart. Is not this the fast I have chosen? to loose the bonds of wickedness. So however you're treating whoever, instead of doing it because you 
you think you're so much better than that. Then the wickedness in it is the self-focus. He says, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free. By the way, that's what he did when I came to the cross. How about you? And that you break every yoke. So the question is, the mercy he gave to me, Sandy, will you do that mercy to others? By the way, the way I read James, these, these little baby bottles up here are a part of this picture. I'm happy to be connected to this congregation that would do that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring your house, uh, bring to your house the poor who are cast out? By the way, this is outside a comfort zone, all right? Yeah, 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 yeah. When you see the naked that you cover him, have you ever done that? and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Well, here, have my coat, have my shirt. I gave my shirt one time to a guy. When your light shall break forth, then, then your light shall break forth as the morning. Okay, so God gave, gives me mercy, and then I do mercy to others. You do mercy. And you do, uh, uh, you receive God's mercy, and you do mercy to others. What's going to happen? Here's what'll happen. See, see what this sounds like. Then your light shall break forth as a morning; your healing shall spring forth speedily. Oh God, heal me! I prayed uh, four times since Wednesday. Oh God, heal me! <laughs> Anybody besides me? Oh God, heal me! Uh, you know, and the stuff that I don't say anything to anybody except the Lord. Oh, God, heal me. I think as you get older, you do that more. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> and your righteousness shall go before you, and the glory, that is the radiance of the Lord, shall be your re-reward. Re uh, the, the old King James, re-reward means it's going to come behind you to protect you from behind. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, here I am. If you take away the yoke from your midst, you know, putting a heavy burden on others, putting an unrealistic expectation, whatever. And you take that away. Take away the yoke, the pointing of the finger. Maybe you've never done that. By the way, what is gossip? Some people think, well, gossip is just when you talk about others unnecessarily. No, 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 no. Sometimes we need to talk about others to pray down a blessing on them. The issue is, is it going, are you pulling in, when you talk about others, are you pulling in, but you know, I'm pretty good, but they got problems. Are you, you know, that's, that is, a core of wickedness. Or if you say, you know, Lord, you've blessed me, but I pray that you bring down on them a blessing, a blessing that brings fulfillment in their lives, a blessing that takes them in a new direction, a blessing that takes them from wherever they're at, to a place of greater joy in the Lord. You know, if you do that, that's not gossip. 
But if you do the first, and you know, you're just talking about, oh my no, no, don't do that. Take away the pointing of the finger and speaking wickedness, self-focus. That's self-focus, so it makes me feel good. If you extend your soul, your soul, my soul, extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul so you do you know. By the way, we don't do prayer guide, prayer list things just because it's the religious thing to do. No, we're before heaven seeking to extend our soul to others, like this says. Are you doing that? Don't, don't just sort of let it go in one ear and out the other ear. And even if you take two people on that, that list and you pray for them sincerely, hallelujah, you're headed in the right direction. And these blessings, this list of blessings where the Lord says, you, you call on me and I will say, here I am. All right. If God seems far away, start doing mercy to others. My, 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 this has helped me. That one thing alone has helped me wonderfully over the past uh, uh, 30 years. 30 years? Yeah, almost 30, at least 25 years. Wow. Satisfy the afflicted soul. Then your light shall dawn in the darkness. And your darkness... Have you ever felt like you were in a dark place? Your darkness shall be like noonday. Sun shining where you have every reason to think it's really dark. God will shine. Oh, God, I, I want that. The Lord will guide you continually. <laughs> Anybody want that? Lord guiding you continually? You know, you know part, part of what's going on there, if indeed mercy giving is at the core of who God is, not the only thing, but it's, it's a key component, and you do what is key to the heart of God, I'll tell you what, he will jump over a thousand people just to get to you. You will. I've seen it. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought or in a dry time and strengthen your bones. Hey, strong bones. Thank you, Lord. You shall be like a watered garden. Is your life like a watered garden yet? Hmm. And like a spring of waters whose waters do not fail. Those from among you shall bind up the old waste places and you shall raise up the foundation of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach. That's where the wall's been torn down. And the restorer of streets to dwell in or the streets there are really pathways that are they were there, but now it's a good place to live. Do you know there's places around that's not a good place to live? When we go to Germantown, they say, yeah, be out of here, be out of here before, before it gets dark. Because that's when some people wake up and they're going to perpetrate crime on you because you're there. Get out of here. No, no. He will take people that are willing to do the mercy giving, he will take those people and he will, he will make a habitable place for them and if you contribute to them, yeah, you're part of that picture. Lord, I want to be a part of that picture. I want to be the one that's helping build up the broken down walls and I want to be the one 
who, uh, you know, those old waste places, the old foundations, repairer, restorer, Lord. The Lord wants to do that in this, this lost and dying world. The Lord wants to do that. The Lord's not happy with oppression and destruction and war and brutality. That's not God's way. If you turn away your foot from the Sabbath and from doing your pleasure, your pleasure on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy day of the Lord honorable and shall honor him not doing your own ways nor finding your own pleasure nor speaking your own words. Lord, I got so far to go on that. You know, by the way, for the Christian believer, what's the Sabbath? It's finding perfect rest and peace in the Lord Jesus. Jesus is my Sabbath. And am I giving my heart to God's rest in Christ? There's an Old Testament counterpart of this, but there's a New Testament counterpart. Then you shall delight yourself in the Lord, in the Lord. Oh, delight yourself in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride upon the high hills of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. The mouth of the Lord has spoken. And, and what it, by the way, what is the power of the mouth of the Lord? He said, let there be light, and there was light. Everything he created, he said, let it be. And it was. And he is speaking this passage over you and me every day. Thank you, Father in heaven, for your word. Eternally settled in heaven. Inspired in ways that we can see and know and understand and inspired in ways we have, we don't even have a clue, Lord. It's beyond us to maybe even understand it in this life. But this word, how transformational. Lord Jesus, thank you for being the absolute fulfillment of it all. And we pray, Lord, more than before, that you would fulfill it in us. In us, Lord. May we be the ones who restore where the wall is broken down, and may we be the ones to make, to make a habitable place in this world along the pathway. May we be responsible for doing that, Lord. Thank you, Father for all your goodness and the mercy you have given in Jesus' name. Amen.